Welcome back, everyone. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, and we are glad you're with us. One final hour. We've got a lot more basketball, excuse me, football to talk about. Freudian slip for me. We've got plenty of ball to talk about. We're going to talk with Paul Condry about high school football week number six. But right now, busy day of football. The man who's going to catch you up on all the drama, Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison. Thank you, Coach. Like you said, Notre Dame falls to Ohio State. Sixth ranked Ohio State defeats number nine, Notre Dame, 17 to 14 on walk off fashion, essentially. Uh, let's recap it all. Both teams were scoreless after the first quarter. Ohio State got a field goal in the second quarter. From 31 yards out, they led three to nothing. At that point through the first half, Notre Dame had two promising drives the one to start the game that resulted in a turnover on downs at Ohio State's 18-yard line, and then a missed field goal right after that on their following possession of 47 yards out. So in the grand scheme of things, when you lose by three points, it comes down to a couple possessions. And there you go, two right there. Now it's worth noting Ohio State did also turn the ball over at Notre Dame's one-yard line. But nonetheless, in the third quarter, each team got a touchdown. Notre Dame... Got a touchdown from Jabrian Payne. It was a one-yard touchdown run that put Notre Dame on the board. 10-7 was the score at that time, and then Notre Dame gets a stop defensively on their following drive, and then they go right back down and score a touchdown. Took them 96 yards to do it. They had to go almost the entire length of the field. Sam Hartman connected with one of his tight ends, Rico Flores, from two yards away. That put Notre Dame ahead at the time, 14-10. to 10. The following drive, Ohio State turned it over on downs at Notre Dame's 11-yard line because they were trailing by four. They didn't need the field goal. Now, keep in mind, at that time, there were four minutes and 12 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And then you get to the following drive for Notre Dame. They've got the ball first and 10 at their own 34 after picking up a couple yards on the ground through Audric Estime. And then it's second and 15 after a broken play offensively. Stam Hartman and company not on the same page with the two backs in the backfield. He lost five yards. And then you try a screen pass and Hartman throws it short. So it's third and 15. And at that time, Ohio State had one timeout left. So they don't force Ohio State to use that final timeout. They run on third and 15, and the Buckeyes still elect not to use that timeout. So they take over at the end with a minute 26 to go. A couple big plays on this drive. Kyle McCord out of the 15 on fourth and seven, connected with Julian Fleming for seven yards. That gave Ohio State a first down, and then Kyle McCord tried to pass it over the middle of the field. And one of the safeties for Notre Dame not able to bring it in for the game-sealing interception. Instead, just a handful of plays later, it's third and 19 for the Buckeyes. Emeka Abuka wide open down the left seam. 21-yard connection that put Ohio State at the one. They tried to get it to Marvin Harrison Jr. with seven seconds to go. Falls incomplete. And with three seconds to go, Chip Trinum. A one-yard touchdown run, and Ohio State kicked the PAT, 17-14. That left one second on the clock, and Notre Dame, they tried the hook and lateral play. did not work out, so they fall 17-14, their first loss of the season, Ohio State. Now 4-0 and zero. in Bloomington right now. The Akron Zips 
are in the process of knocking off the Indiana Hoosiers. Less than 50 seconds to go in this one. They're all tied up at 17 apiece. Indiana just burned one of their timeouts because Akron is at their 14-yard line, but it's first and 10. Not good right now for the Indiana Hoosiers because they just gave up a 71-yard touchdown run that tied the game at 17. The offense went three and out after they started deep in their own territory at their own 14-yard line. Assuming IU not able to come up with a miraculous field goal block, they will be 1-3 to start the year. Akron will improve to 2-2. Two two. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. College football today. Hanover stays unbeaten. They beat Trine 38-14 with me, Hanover's Matt Theobald. Coach, thanks for waiting. Congratulations on an impressive win today. Thank you very much, Bob. It was. Uh, I've just been watching the end of the Notre Dame game, and as a Notre Dame fan, a little frustrated at the uh, <laughs> some of the clock management stuff there. Get a ransom, right? Uh, just run the ball, man. Just get out of the game. Shorten it up. That's what we did today. So. Yeah, you, uh, you shorten it up with 549 total yards of offense. <laughs> that, that's how you did it. <laughs> well, when, 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 once we got the lead, then we shortened it up. So, right. Uh, no, uh, Colton, our quarterback, played really well, man. He had a, had a career day, and um, he, he and Hunter Eads connected a few times and, and had a nice 73-yard touchdown. And, I, you know, it's been 20 years since Hanover College has been on 3-0. So, um our guys really wanted it, and we, we beat a good trying team. I mean, Troy Az does a great job up there, and right. um, you know, it, it, I think it was neat. You know, Troy and I have been talking about this game for a couple of years, and just trying to get him back down on campus, being a Hanover alum, and and uh, we knew it was going to be a great game. That they're super big and physical and fast and well coached, and our guys just we just you know we 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 had no turnovers. They had we had. They threw two interceptions and fumbled once, and that was really kind of the difference in the game. And uh, our guys, our guys just hung in there and fought, and just super proud of just the effort they've had these last three weeks of just uh, yeah, to go back to day. Yeah, yeah, to go back to Troy. It's not easy. Look, I, I obviously, you know, played at Franklin, coached there, and, and, and it's not easy to go back and and. When, and, and when I went to IUPUI, we played them. And I understand that's an emotional situation to yeah. come back to your yeah. alma mater and, and be involved. I, I know how hard it is for Troy and his family. I understand, and, and hard for you because you guys are friends. It's you know yeah. this is a tough business as we know, but going against guys you truly love and and, and admire that's a hard deal. Yeah, no, uh, it was. Yeah. Troy was actually up in my office pre, uh, probably ten minutes before I had to go meet with the uh, with the officials, and just I was just showing him kind of the the, the new digs. He hadn't been there in twenty five years. We got a new stadium, new turf, and um, just kind of you know for him it was a little nostalgic just to walk around and see people that you know were were, were working yeah. here when he was a player. So um, I think it was great for him. And again, I, I know I talked to Ben Cohen, his D coordinator, and Ben and I have been friends forever. Uh, you know, I, I know Troy. It, it was it meant something to him, and um, and our guys knew that as well. I mean, we we let them know that Troy was coming back in town, and and we wanted to defend our house, and um, <laughs> and our own line stepped up and and played really well, and and just had some young guys step up. I mean, we we had a young man, CB Shelby from Lutheran. He you know had a couple nice kick returns, a couple nice catches. 
for two freshmen were throwing them out there against a really good defense. So, um, but it was a, it was a fun game, great atmosphere, first home game for us. It's a season. It seems like we've been gone. We've been we've been we've yeah. been on the road yeah. for over a month now, and and uh, just good to get back home. And we're home next week against Defiance. So uh, super excited to kind of get get going into conference. So everybody, I, I, you know, and I'll give a shout out to our conference. We were undefeated. Uh, today, because we, we were the only ones playing, so we went HCAC went one and zero today. <laughs> I told my guys, I said, I think that we might win some conference players of the yeah. week. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, and you, your yeah, I was going to say your colleagues are are they're happy that you that you won and defended the honor. All right, so yeah. are you you happy where your guys are? I I got to believe that right now you got to be thrilled with the progress this group is making. You, and, and I think, you know, we talked uh, – the senior group has been great. I mean, they have been great leaders and modelers. And, you know, I, my hat's off to we, – we had a new strength coach, Danny Stokes, and, and he has done a great job with our guys it, during the during the off season. And, and uh, yeah, the leadership has just been phenomenal. Great group of guys um, have really bought into that championship culture that we that we try to sell them every day. And, um, you know, they're, they're fun. To, they, they, they come to work and, you know – you can get on huddle nowadays and check in who's watching film. And, you know, at 11 o'clock mm-hmm. on Friday night, there's dudes watching mm-hmm. film, you know, hours and hours of film. And I'm like, I'm like, no, it, it's, it means something to them. And they want to take right. this thing to the next level. And they're, they're, they're doing all the little things to be great. And, you know, we just got to keep working one game at a time. And, you know, that those old cliches of just, you know, but our guys, they enjoy it. I think they enjoy the process of just going out there and competing and getting better. And, and you know, you look at us on paper, we don't – we're not as big as trying. You know, our, our right. receivers are, aren't as fast and big. And, 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 you know, but our guys compete and they believe in one another and they believe in – in the program, and I think that's that's half that's half the battle. So, uh, but, but it's super excited for those guys. I mean, they you know they, they've done something that's been a long, long time. I was just texting with Brett Deep, and I think he was my quarterback back in two thousand. Right, right. Last time we were three and zero, he was the quarterback for for Hanover College. So, um, all right, Matt. Yeah, we have to go, Matt. Congratulations. Good luck next week. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Absolute madness going on right now from Bloomington. Here's Don Fisher explaining what the madness is. Dante Jackson is on to attempt this field goal from the 22-yard line. So a 32-yard kick. Jackson gets the kick in the air, and he He missed it. it. Unbelievable. Well, Jackson is not their normal field goal kicker. Noah Pierre, Perez is, but they have lost confidence in Perez. They put Jackson out there, who's the punter, and he misses the field goal from 32 yards out. That would have gave Akron the win in regulation. Instead, it's overtime right now from Bloomington, and the Zips, they just scored. Their quarterback, who left the game earlier with an injury, DJ Irons, just scored his second rushing touchdown. And they convert the PAT. So it's 24-17. The Indiana offense trotting onto the field where they have struggled mightily today. They only have 253 total yards of offense. That compares to 454 
for Akron. 86 rushing yards. Taven Jackson just 9 of 22 when he's thrown one interception. He's got 167 passing yards. And now he's got to show out. His team is down a touchdown. Major League Baseball, the Cincinnati Reds, Pittsburgh Pirates, 13-12 final. The Reds were leading by nine. Teams were 350-0 and zero when leading by nine. Now 350-1 and one as the Pirates score 13 unanswered. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Week number six of high school football wrapped up last night. Successful night. Everybody having a great time. Uh, wonderful time, quite frankly. And uh, excited to have on Saturday nights, as we normally do, the man who has forgotten more about high school football in our state than everybody else collectively knows. The best friend football has in our state, Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and the Indiana Football Digest, member of the Indiana Football Hall of Fame and the Indiana Sports Writers and Sportscasters Hall of Fame. Paul, week number six, That's just the sound of that is scary because that means that on October the 8th, you and I are back for year 17 doing the pairing show. But it was there were some really, really big games. I mean, big games, ranked teams playing each other. Uh, it was one of those really good nights last night. In addition to that, we had uh, picture perfect weather, and of oh, course, yeah, we're not yeah. we're not used to that because this, uh, as we see the ebbs and flows of what the, you know, when we start the season, you know, we're in the nineties, and the next thing you know, we're in the zeros, and so this was one of those beautiful nights as to, you know, as we're celebrating the first night of fall this weekend. It was just a great night for high school football. There was a wide variety of things on the plate to talk about for this week six coach. Uh, we had some uh, some guys make some milestones. We had some coaches win some big football games. We had some guys uh, do some really special things. But, uh, you know, we've talked about some things that are going on right now in Indiana high school football. Let's give kudos to some teams that are off to great starts. How about Bloomington mm-hmm, North? Mm-hmm. Bloomington North. Yeah. They're 6-0 yeah. and for the first time in school's history. How about that? Wow. Park Tudor for the first time since 2000. Providence, first time since 1983. And here's one for you. South Bend Riley for the first time since 1965. Off to a great start at 6-0. So those are some teams that are making some noise. Obviously, we had some great games. We had a a wide variety of, uh, you know, top 10 matchups. If you look at the Mm -hmm. the broad-based flyover picture, Coach, 6A, we only had three uh, top Top 10 teams lose. 5A, we had four top 10 teams lose. 4A probably took more casualties than anybody. As 4A, there were uh, five teams in the top 10 losing Kokomo, Greenfield, Central Club, the City, Roncalli, and Northview. Class 3A, Guerin, and uh, Lawrenceburg, and Heritage Hills all losing. 2A, we had four mm-hmm. guys go down in flames. And in 1A, only a couple of them, uh, uh, Pioneer and Clinton Prairie. So I think we could probably go back and say, well, that's probably because some of those uh, teams that they were playing were ranked. You and I talked about this last right. week. Right. At week number 
six, we saw some of the greatest matchups that we're going to see all season long. Big matchups. Perfect example. We had that Brownsburg uh, Westfield game, and Brownsburg just they just took out their whooping yeah. sticks uh, yeah. against a really really yeah. good uh, Westfield team. Even though Westfield's kind of been doing it with mirrors, they had you know a couple two or three wins with by about a combination of ten twelve points or something to that that effect. But you know we we had we saw the number one team in the state of Indiana go down by a just a really good homestead. Not a great homestead team, but mm-hmm. Snyder goes mm-hmm. down in flames. We saw uh, the game, actually the game that I did up in Northwest Indiana, the, the Dunlin Conference Championship game for all intents and purposes. We saw Crown Point rise from the ashes after being shut out in the first half. Crown Point only punted three times in the first five games. They punted the first four times they had the football right. in this game. So they they come off the off the ropes, come off of the second half, make some great adjustments, come back and win. We saw out in Lafayette, we saw McCutcheon knocking off number two Kokomo in a big game right there. And, of course, we had some other games throughout the course. Uh, we, we saw Batesville knocking off a really, really talented Lawrenceburg team, number 11 versus the number three there and and then of course we had a lot of track meets going on out there as we expect on Friday nights and those are going to happen throughout <laughs> the course of the fall and uh, those are going to be some things that we'll talk about as we go along but it was a fun night for week number six I'm excited yeah. for week number seven but make no mistake about it week six was a dandy you know, and I think it addresses the balance that we've talked about uh, throughout the classes. And when you have ranked teams playing one another, uh, hey, they're so evenly matched. Uh, some of these games that you're talking about, I was surprised at the point spread in the Brownsburg-Westfield game. But uh, aside from that, I wasn't really surprised when I saw some of the scores. I mean, you know, mildly surprised. But again, when you're playing ranked teams against one another, they're all pretty good. So I don't think you should be surprised at some of those games that were played last night. Yeah, I, I think a good case of point is that Shatard Garen Catholic game. I know Shatard's yeah, a little yeah. banged up right now, but you know Daniel Shaw had a really nice game. He's uh, 147 yards rushing. But give Garen Catholic a lot of credit. Uh, you know, you look at some things that you and I have talked about. You looked at that Knox Laville game, a game up there in the North, uh, the Hoosier North Conference. Uh, of course, just two turnovers by Laville cost them that football game. We we talked about. As a matter of fact, I was I was uh, listening to you talk with Keith Kinder last night. I I was, I was going right, to go for right. my game. I had just gotten off the air with you, and that was that. People may or may not understand the dynamics, but Keith Kinder, who won a state championship as a player at Jimtown, goes over to Mishawaka and is the student under the legendary Mark Curtis. So here we mm-hmm. have the student versus the teacher, and the student takes the teacher to school last night because. But they have a couple big defensive opportunities, and they were able to do some really, really special things. And I think that if you look at those. Those kind of games that are kind of unfolding. Another game, I was blessed to be able to listen to you talk with uh, Tyson Moore. So excited about his big win against Brownstown Central last night. Right. Those kids right. were so right. excited about that. And also one that probably is going to fly under the radar screen is the fact that Fort Wayne South last night ended a 22-game losing streak last night as 
they were able to upend Fort Wayne Concordia. So as the uh, as, as we talk about from corner to the corner of the state, it was really, really neat. Paul Condry with us from the Regional Radio Sports Network and the Indiana Football Digest. We're talking about last night's action in high school football as we wrap up week number six. And um, you know, to go back a week further, you, you uh, and some of your colleagues are very involved. I'm part of this, too. But uh, you run the Colts Coach of the Week program. It's really cool to see how it's it's t- tough to pick uh, coaches. I mean, this time of year it's starting to you know to to get not get easier, but it continues to be tough. And I think it's cool that the Colts have this program and, and do that. And uh, I have forgotten last week's winner. I'm, I'm sorry to say. So I'll throw that to you, so you can recognize that person. Well, I tell you what. One of the neat things that I've been blessed to be able to do, Coach, is I was part of this pilot program that began just about 25 years ago. It was really an interesting story because the Colts and the Cincinnati Bengals were the two teams that were part of the National Football League's pilot program to start this Colts, or in this case, the NFL uh, Coach of the Week program. And with money going back from the NFL Foundation as well as the Colts. Uh, And so the the Indianapolis Colts and their generosity, and and give a lot of credit to Mr. Ursay and the entire Colts organization organization as a whole because they jumped on board with this and unfortunately for me Paul Condry personally is they said hey listen this guy's doing this statewide football book blah 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 region radio sports he says let's get this guy he knows everybody in Indiana high school football <laughs> let's get this guy on board and right. so here we are a quarter of a century later we're talking about Colts coach of the week still going on I feel blessed because every Sunday afternoon I call somebody and make their day because I get a chance to say, hey, like I did last week with Vincent's Lincoln's Levi Salters. I got a chance to call, right. call and talk to Levi and say, hey, Colts, hey, congratulations. You've been named the Colts Coach of the Week. In addition to uh, coming down to a, a Colts game, we're going to have you come out to practice along with some of the other award winners. In addition to that, there's going to be a $2,000 donation made to your school's general wow. athletic fund on behalf of the Indianapolis Colts National Football Foundation as well as our corporate sponsor. And so those are the kind of things that uh, that high school football is happening behind the scenes. I'm blessed because I've got a chance to be a part of it right from the beginning. And it's the longest standing program in uh, of all the youth football initiatives in the NFL. And just to be able to make that phone call, it's neat to be able to give 2000 bucks away every week, especially when it's not your money. Right, Coach? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Paul Condry with us. We're talking high school football. Uh, We'll come back and talk. Talk about week number seven. Uh, scoreboard update coming up on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. An update from Bloomington. They are in triple overtime between Indiana and Akron. So in the first overtime, they scored, did the zips. IU answered with a touchdown. Cam Camper with a touchdown reception from Taven Jackson. And then both team ex- exchanged field goals and now it's down to triple OT which means it's alternating two point conversion attempts Akron not successful DJ Irons attempting to pass and it sails through the back of the end zone so Indiana is a two point conversion away from winning here 
tonight. Other scores, college football today. The University of Indianapolis Grams defeat Saginaw Valley on the road 35-20. to Roosevelt falls at the hands of Indiana Wesleyan 35-14. to Butler gets a win 28-18 to over Stetson. Valparaiso, they fall to Marist 36-30 to today. DePaul was in action and they defeated Ohio Wesleyan 28 to seven. Taven Jackson now dropping back for Indiana and the Hoosiers and the Zips will go to a fourth overtime as it falls incomplete in the back of the end zone. So that will do it there for Indiana in Akron. Overtime number four. Hanover defeated Trine earlier today. 38 to 14. As I just mentioned, DePaul over Ohio Wesleyan 28 to 7. And that'll do it in terms of college scores. Colts preview coming up next update. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. We rejoin Paul Condry for our normal Saturday night conversation about high school football. And, Paul, obviously we've talked uh, at length about week number six. Week seven uh, may not have as many of those types of games, but there's still a whole lot of matchups with ranked teams and really, really good football teams to make this uh, a tremendous night as we inch closer and closer closer to the end of the regular season certainly not as many in the small school classes as you would expect here in this uh, coming up in week number seven uh but the big uh, the big games are in the bigger classes at this point in time coach and uh, uh, just to kind of put this in the perspective that it is if you look at where we're going in class uh 6a uh throw out the records because i firmly believe this that ben davis and carmel is still one of the great rivalries in high school football mm-hmm. Number mm-hmm. two, Ben Davis, five and one, matched up against four and two Carmel. Uh, I love this matchup here as seventh ranked Cathedral is going to be at Cincinnati LaSalle. Cincinnati LaSalle, four and two right now. Cathedral, don't allow yourself to get uh, messed up in your brain when thinking no, that no, Cathedral team's no. not very good at four and two. Cause Huge win all... last night. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Huge win last night. And then really? if you look at you got Fishers ranked eighth, matched up against a Franklin Central team. Franklin Central is as good a four and two team as there is in six A. You've got Warren Central at Lawrence North. Lawrence Central, don't let the three and three record fool you. They are a good football team. And then I really like, and this game here is really really kind of turned around because if you look up in the northern portion of the state, and if you look at the the Summit Athletic Conference since they realigned things, Homestead after their big win against Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to be on the road at uh, Fort Wayne Carroll. Carroll, a, of course, had a Fort Wayne a state a finalist a week, or you check that, a year ago. They're at 4-2. Mm-hmm. In 5A, and I'm once again, for the second week in a row, I am blessed because I have the the best mm-hmm. game in Northwest Indiana as Maryville will be on the road at Valpo. And what this is, is you got number two Valpo matched up mm-hmm. against 5A, uh, 5-1 one Maryville. Uh, that was a monster game last year, both in the playoffs as well as the regular right. season. I love this game. Two really great football games, Bob, in the Northern Lakes Conference. Seventh-ranked Mishawaka, 5-1 and one on the road at Northwood. Northwood, a team with a tremendous amount of athletes, uh, just really, really talented. Tenth-ranked Concord is on the road at once-beaten Northridge. So those are your top games in 5A. 4A, mm-hmm. 
Uh, you you ask for it, I deliver. Unbeaten rights <laughs> versus unbeaten memorial. I'll tell you, wow. my good friend Mike Scabar is in is right. in the, is in he's in heaven right now because he's thinking, wow, this is as good as football as you're going to get. This rights team, this Panthers team, has won 15 straight regular season games. And John Hurley, as you and I have known over the many many years, he's right. as good right. as coaches the Hoosier State has. That's going to be a great game in four. We got Greenfield Central ranked fifth. Uh, taking on Yorktown. Columbia City, they lost their first football game of the season this week, but they're going to be on the road at uh, twice beating East Noble. And here's an interesting thing in this particular game. We have New Prairie, who lost its opening game to Laporte. They really kind of just right, fell, on their, right. fell on their face. But they're going to be taking on a South and Riley team that is off to the best start in uh, since 1965. They're 6-0. Uh, South and Riley, Who's they've beaten all the teams on their team uh, on their schedule, even though they may be under 500 or hovering around that 500 mark. But they're in a situation we're going to find out how good they really are. In 3A, uh, number 12 Tippy Valley at West Lafayette, number 10 Vincennes is going to be taking on Evansville North. Uh, we have 15th ranked Knox, unbeaten Rust Rack, one of the legends of Indiana football, is going to mm-hmm. be on the road at four and two uh, Pioneer Monrovia. We're going to see where they are at in their maturation. They're 5-1. and one. Well, they're going to be hosting Indianapolis Lutheran. Should we move Lutheran up to maybe 3A or 4A, <laughs> maybe 5A? That is an option. Uh, I don't oh, know. I know. I know. Into that. Finally, in 2A, Triton Central is going to be it's going to be hosting Cecina, and Bluffton is going to be hosting Heritage. Those are some of the games that we're going to be keeping an eye on, but it's going to be a great week. Seven. Once again, the, the big games are in the bigger classes, but the thing that people may or may not understand the dynamics, week seven is usually when we start deciding conference championships. And as most mm-hmm. coaches will tell you, mm-hmm. the number one goal that they have is let's win our conference championship. That's number one. Second goal is let's win that sectional championship. Goal number three is let's get as deep into the tournament as we can. So there's not a coach in the Hoosier State that would tell you that their number one goal is to win their conference championship. A lot of those conference championships are going to be decided in the next two weeks. It also means that you and I inch closer and closer to October the 8th for the pairing show, and I know you and your staff are already in the information gathering stage to get prepared for this show. Indeed, we have, Coach. We have uh, we put in about 14 hours uh, just on Friday alone between three people working on this, and we're going to be rocking and rolling and ready to go. As you well know, it's always information overload for everybody for those two hours. You and I logistically could do this show and for eight hours. That's how much information we have. But we're going to cram it all into a, a bag, right. and we're going to try to make it look nice and pretty, despite the fact that we do have – you and I both have faces for radio. You know, the interesting thing to me is you, you're 100% right. You know, we, we are restrained uh, by time. We, we have a, a 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock window, but we could legitimately, I think, easily do uh, three hours and – and still feel pressed for time. That's how much information we're dealing with. 
there's no question about it. People, people ask me all the time, he goes, so how do you guys get all that information in there? And I said, well, I only gave you 20% of what I had. And it's like, well, yeah. what did all yeah. did you do? Well, because once again, you're, you're up against those time constraints. And the bottom line is, is we're going to get a chance to uh, watch those Twitter feeds. We're going to get those kids watching all those watch parties. Uh, it's an exciting yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, there's only, you know, you think about Indiana high school basketball and Indiana high school football, uh, pretty special times when you have all those watch parties, all those kids. And once again, they keep going back about things that you and I all, we, we both experienced. Those seniors, it's the last go around. And oh, yeah. something yeah. really, really special that is going to happen for them. They've only got a couple games left to go in their career. Some of these guys will never play football ever again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my, my advice to them all, embrace it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of the greatest times. And you, you and I, we're in our 60s and 70s, respectively. We're still talking about those glory days, as Bruce Springsteen <laughs> would say. And so embrace those glory days because they they last forever well said paul condry now you know why he's in all these halls of fame and why he's a tremendous asset that we have in our state relative to football and other important things paul always great to spend time with you You make my week quite frankly have a great week i'll talk to you friday night thanks coach great to be with you Thanks a lot, Paul. Paul Condry, uh, Regional Radio Sports Network. All right, let's go to South Bend. Dr. Lynn Clark, Irish 101, Ohio State, 17-14 winners in a dramatic finish. Lynn, a very disappointing finish for the Irish this evening. Well, the Irish nation in shock. Uh, they had the lead 14 to 10 going into the final stages of the fourth quarter, but Ohio State found a way to win. They get down to the one yard line. DeMonte Trainum comes in and goes in from one yard out, and that broke the back of the fighting Irish. But the Irish took a step defensively. They did a very nice job defensively, uh, with the exception of that last uh, possession, allowing Ohio State to get down mm-hmm. there and play. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. a game that you're going to take a lot of learning experiences from, but disappointment. The undefeated season is over. Uh, 17-14, Ohio State stays unbeaten. Number six over number nine, but uh, it was not the greatest game offensively from Notre Dame, but, you know, they'll get back on it uh, Monday morning and start figuring out how they can get back in the win column when they go out to Duke next Saturday. We have a minute here, Lynn. Uh, Give me some positives. I, I understand what you just said. Give me some more positives about the night for Notre Dame. Well, it's just coming back after being down 10 to nothing and finding a way to take a lead, and they took that lead in the uh, fourth quarter. But mm-hmm. uh, another positive, it's the, the young receivers. Enrico Flores coming up with his uh, touchdown tonight. I think it was the first of his career. Uh, a lot of positives to take away, but it's a sour taste tonight. Uh, they'll look at the positives, but focus sure. more on the negatives as they go into a week. And still, not, Bob, a lot of football left to be played. So uh, the season is not lost as of yet. Dr. Lynn Clark, Lynn, thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. Have a great night. Thank you. It has gone final from Bloomington in the fourth overtime. The Indiana Hoosiers knock off the Akron Zips 29-27. Akron missed a 32-yard field goal as time expired in regulation to force overtime when it was tied at 17 both teams scored a touchdown in their first overtime possession second overtime possession both teams score a field goal thus leading to two point tries both teams fail in third overtime 
And in the fourth overtime, Taven Jackson heads to Quise Carter for a two-point conversion, giving IU their second win of the season. Akron now one and three. Tomorrow, Indianapolis Colter in Baltimore taking on the Ravens, and they'll have their hands full defensively going up against Lamar Jackson. Shane Steichen talks about the former MVP. He's one of the premier quarterbacks in this league. Um, he can throw it really well, and he can create those big plays with his feet. I think as a runner, uh, he's just so shifty and elusive. You know what I mean? Uh, when he's out in the open field, he's got that quick, titch, uh, t- quick twitch about him You know, to make guys miss. He's a heck of a football player. So we just got to be on the details defensively, uh, know where he's at, make sure we're prepared from a game plan standpoint to be ready to go. Colts have already rolled out quarterback Anthony Richardson and their all-pro center, Ryan Kelly. Quentin Nelson questionable. Kenny Moore questionable. Dallas Flowers questionable. Baltimore has already reeled out seven starters. Marlon Humphrey, Tyler Linderbaum, Ronnie Stanley, and Marcus Williams are four of those starters. Kickoff at 1 o'clock Eastern on CBS. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. College football today, the University of Indianapolis beats the Saginaw Valley on the road, 39-20. The final head coach, Chris Keevers, joins me. Coach, that's a big, big win today. Congratulations. Thank you very much. We're very excited about it. Well, it should be. Long trip, number one. Conference game, number two. And your guys responded on both sides of the ball. Yeah, you know, they had gotten after us the year before we went up there without a with our backup quarterback and, and they got after us pretty well and then we were kinda on a mission and we got after him you know, we it was we it got out of hand early, we got after him. It was it was a good it was a good game, all three phases. Yeah. Really, really good game. So tell me who you were impressed with on your squad today. Well, I tell you what, we had some defensive guys, Landry Mavungu who's a six year kid. Probably played his best game. He had an interception on, mm-hmm. in the red zone, and he did some uh, had two long pass breakups and made some tackles in cover two. He had a heck of a game. And then uh, we had some uh, we had another defensive back, Mike Brown from North Central uh, High School. He had eleven tackles and played really well. I mean, anytime you uh, you know we held him. We, like I said we held him. We had they scored three all the way. You know going into the last quarter so you know so it it was a it was a good football game it's a great football game it's a long trip now the trip just got shorter because it's going to be a lot more fun coming back with a w that's what makes it great when you're on the road and you play that well you can enjoy it on the way back yeah it was uh we just got back it was we played two o'clock game so it was a six-hour trip home we i'm in the i'm in my car right now driving home all right. All right. Who do you play next week? We got uh, we go to Rolla, Missouri, and play Missouri S and T, a conference game for us. So uh, uh, and so it's that's another long trip. It's two in a row, but you know that's mm-hmm. that's college football. Yeah, I was going to ask you who's mad at you in the conference office about putting you on the road back to back like that. So <laughs> call me; I'll call Jim Novomich on Monday. So I'll help you out if I can. Chris right. Keevers, the head coach at University of Indianapolis, the Greyhounds. Another great win on the road today at Saginaw Valley. Greyhounds win it. 3920. Chris, thanks. I appreciate it more than you know. Good luck next week. 
Thank you very much. Nice talking with you. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. The man himself, Kurt Darling, joins us talking about uh, Indiana SRN today for Rose Holman Men's Soccer. Hello, Kurt. Hey there, Coach. How you doing? You know, it's a busy night, brother. <laughs> it's a great, it's it's one of those late finishing nights with all the all the night games now wrapping up and coaches on the road. You had a just a normal uh, schedule today, Rose Holman Men's Soccer. Tell me tell me what's up on that. Well, Coach, uh, Rose Holman men's soccer wins today 2-1 over Ohio Northern. And uh, that's significant, Ooh. Coach. A, it closes out, closes out conference play for the fighting engineers. Right. But this is also the first time that Rose Holman has ever beaten Ohio Northern. They had met each other six times wow. beforehand on the soccer pitch. And Ohio Northern, who's one of the better D3 programs in men's soccer in the country, they were ranked 13th to start the, to start the season, just to put that in perspective. Perspective. They had beaten Rose Holman six times beforehand, and so Rose Holman comes from behind today. They went down one goal to nil at halftime with a beautiful goal by Gervers of of Ohio Northern in the 24th minute. But then kicking off the second half, coach, the Fighting Engineers are led by Kai Moore. He gets a header off of a brilliant assist from Kiz, from Kez Kedzi, or excuse me, and that ties things up at one apiece. But then the go-ahead goal comes in the sixth minute, which is six minutes left in the match, by Owen Trout. He gets a brilliant assist also from one of his big teammates, who is a graduate student, Caleb Urban, and that puts the Rose Holman Fighting Engineers up over the Polar Bears today. And so it's a significant, a good non-conference win to close out the non-conference slate, and the Rose Holman Engineers will now have conference play starting up here in just a couple days or so. They'll kick things off against Mount St. Joe. Couldn't do it any better. Kirk Darling, thanks so much. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. What a night. Man, oh, man, what a night of some interesting games. Eddie Garrison, you okay? Yeah, I'm still here. Four overtimes. Help me. Help me understand. (laughs) The Hoosiers with a W over Akron in quadruple overtime. Uh, And I was listening to Tom Allen on the field after the game. He said, hey, a win's a win. We didn't play well, and uh, we'll have to learn from it and get better next week. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I understand it. So missed opportunity by Akron. They got, I heard, you know, your update, 32 yard field goal in at the end of regulation to win. Uh, oh, I feel badly for that young man. I, I really do. Uh, you clearly uh, the beneficiaries of that, and, and they hang in and do what they have to do to win. I mean, Tom can, I'm sure, with his kids after the game, says, look, we got plenty of things to clean up, but the one thing I'm proud of you is you hung in there. I mean, you, you figured out a way to do it when we had to, uh, and they get out with a W. Yeah, that's the most important thing. A win is a win at the end of the day. It all matters. Uh, it doesn't matter how you got it as long as you get them. Um, but that game was just so wild. And to your point about the kicking situation for Akron, they benched their starting kicker and they brought in their punter to kick. And he was the one who missed their the game the potential game-winning field goal mm. regulation. So uh, there was mm. a little bit of – sigh of relief from Akron fans if they're already across the state uh, when he was able to make the field goal in overtime to tie it that sent it to the then third overtime right, but right. 
Uh, yeah, a win is a win for Indiana, and it's a learning experience for sure for Taven Jackson, who's getting more and more experience with every game that he plays for Tom Allen's crew. All right, who do they play next week? Uh, I believe Indiana starts their conference play for the rest of the year, and they go to Maryland. Right. Yeah, they go to Maryland next week. Maryland. Winnable game, I suppose. And but, then after uh, that, they have uh, Michigan at the big house. Um, always fun. It seems like they play in the big house every year, um, but I'm, I'm certain they don't. But it just seems like it. So... That's a busy. That's a busy, busy night now, Eddie. That's a fun night. You had late games with Notre Dame, where they literally snatch uh, defeat from the jaws of victory, as we like to say. And uh, you got a quadruple overtimer with IU. That's a heck of a way to finish the night. I know. Indiana fans get it. They're ending the way they were hoping. Unfortunately for Notre Dame fans, they did not get the uh, the result that they desired. But they did play some pretty good football overall. Great job, Eddie. Thank we, you, Coach. we got to squeeze in the Greyhounds before the end of the night. You should be happy. We did that one just for you. I appreciate it. Have a it. great week. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Have a great week, Eddie. Thanks. Thanks, Coach. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Can't do it without guys like Eddie Garrison and Elijah Robertson. Tremendous job by those two guys. Certainly cannot do it without the tremendous stations around the state that bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night. And without you, none of this is possible. You've made us the most listened to sports talk show in the state's history. It is the history-making, legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.